I guess we owe our Cathelza an apology. Yeah. Well, half an apology. Because Garland still played like four. What did he play? 39, 40 minutes? Yeah, 39. Which is still not enough. I, no, not at all. But yes, our Cathelza, you were you were kind of right, right? Like it, it was indirectly correct. Yeah, there, there were a few. The, the people in chat, it was him and a couple others that for some reason believed Rajon Rondo was going to play 20 plus minutes were correct for some strange, strange reason. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show. Second round, real no, first round, second wave of the play-in games tonight. Coming off the first one yesterday. I'm Dave Locke. We're not Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters. Uh, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners. Joined by Adam Share at Ship My Money DFS. Uh, yeah, and, and like I said, to- I could not have been, both of us, could not have been more wrong about Rajan Rondo's playing time. He played more minutes in the first half than we thought he would play the entire game. And, and I will be honest with you. Now, this is not to make excuses. This is just, you know, the line of thinking. I still have no idea what J.B. Bickerstaff was doing. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I get that there weren't good options. Like, your options include Okoro, Chetty, Lamar Stevens. It was just bizarre that, like, Stevens only played seven minutes after he was pretty much the guy down the stretch during the regular season, like, um, that, that was getting closing minutes. But then also, like, you can just play the bigger lineups, too, where, like, Love is out there with Markinen and Mobley. And, you know, you have Garland and Levert in the backcourt. So it was really weird that they went to that. Yeah, listen. Somebody said Stevens was asked. He played seven minutes and scored seven points. What do you want him to do? Yeah. Look, dude, Rondo did nothing through the first half. And he came back out and played a bunch. It happens. It's strange. Sometimes when you think you've got things that make sense, uh, then the coaches will do things that to them make sense. And to us, we didn't see coming. So, yeah, I mean, I think the only takeaway is that we should be jamming in Isaiah Thomas tonight. <laughs> For those of you in chat who are on the uh, Rajan Rondo train, well, you are right. We were wrong. Get that out of the way. But at, at this rate, we got two games. So we move on. We look forward. Garland trash. Uh, not sure what game you were watching. Didn't he have like 36 points? Yeah. He single-handedly, like, brought them back in the second half. When the problem, uh, problem is like from a DFS standpoint, uh, he was, you know, whatever. So I think that's obviously going to be something that people look at, but if you're actually looking at his overall performance, no, he wasn't bad at all. If Garland didn't play that game, they're not even remotely competitive. Yeah. He had 34 points on 54% shooting and 50% from Beyond the arc, he was five of six from the free throw line. How is it strange and make no sense when a bunch of people were on Rondo? Because the people that were on Rondo are, are morons. Like, just because you say uh, that it makes sense to you that Rondo is going to play a lot doesn't mean it actually makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not arguing about it. I just said we were wrong. And No, no, he's saying me, yesterday. No, 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 he's saying yesterday people were arguing that Rondo was going to play more minutes. So that when Rondo did play more minutes, why was it weird? Right. Because to me, it doesn't make sense. Right. Or to you, it doesn't make sense. To them, it did make sense. I mean, that, that's, that's, that, 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 that may, what you're, that makes no sense to me. If so, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> why are there different sides of a political, why are there two sides or however many sides to a political spectrum? People disagree on everything. Something might happen. People still don't think it makes sense. J.B. Bickerstaff did, and so did some of chat. Playoff not... Rondo is not a thing. God, this is going to be an annoying show. What did someone say? Playoff Rondo is a thing. I'm guessing that's why they dusted him off. Yeah, the one of the worst players in the NBA just magically becomes good in the, in the postseason. I mean, if, if that was Bickerstaff's logic, if his logic was just, hey, you know, playoff Rondo, then I – then that's something that that I wouldn't have seen coming, and I will miss again for sure. Plus, it, it's it's not like he went out there and and lit it up. 
he shot 37. He thought he she was one for five from three. He had a decent amount of assists, played nine, played 26 minutes. But like he was, I'm saying in 26 minutes, that's, you know, modest production. I mean, yeah, he did. He, he wasn't good. Like, I don't know. It, it really, it really, it, it's, it's, it's unimportant right now. We'll move on. Hit that thumbs up though. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the channel. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us each and every day. We're uh, 75,600. I'm just going to keep counting. Uh, and if you want to join, hit that join down below. Get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis, sweet badges. There it is. Steven iced out with the 12 month badge. Got a bunch of them now. They just keep coming. And uh, we'll always prioritize your comments, questions along with our Discord uh, and do some other cool stuff along the way that we're able to do with the team here at Awesome Mom. Anyway, Charlotte and Atlanta, San Antonio and New Orleans. Let's dive straight into this one. The Hornets, five point dogs. 235 and a half total should definitely be a high scoring game. Like two good offenses, two bad defenses, two teams that'll play at an elevated pace. This is one that you would expect to see a lot of scoring should be pretty popular, but then at the same time, Spurs and, and the Pelicans could also get us there. When it comes to Charlotte, you've got no Gordon Hayward. How do we want to, how do we want to approach a team on a two game slate? Trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Where usually it's always like, yeah, Rozier and Bridges are pretty similar. Uh, Lamelo's good, but there's so many other top tier options. That's not really the case today, and we're seeing price points on guys like Rozier and Bridges come down considerably from where they were in the regular season. Yeah, this slate looks a lot different than yesterday's in terms of pricing. Um, you know, yesterday we had talked about Durant being at one of his most expensive price points of the year. Today, the most expensive guy on DraftKings is Murray at 10.8. That's relatively cheap for him. Young at 10.6. So, um, and then you have like a bunch of really good mid-range guys, whereas yesterday you didn't have that many good mid-range guys. Um, you know, you had guys like Drummond, the centers on um, on the Clippers. You know, outside of I guess like Edwards and Russell, there wasn't a lot um, in the mid range. So I, I think it's a totally different slate, and it does make a lot of guys on Charlotte look good. You know, in particular, Ball, Bridges, and Rozier. Like all three of those guys should play a lot of minutes here. Uh, they're all good enough point per minute guys. You know, Lamelo's around 1.4 DraftKings points per minute in the games without Hayward this year. Bridges and Rozier are both around a fantasy point per minute, and it just wouldn't be surprising at all if you know any or all of those guys get 38 to 40. All right. Suavelis asked you if you did not see the games yesterday because veterans play more in the playoffs. Yeah. Apparently you, res apparently you responded to that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like chat is going to turn me into Josh today. <laughs> don't let it happen. <laughs> don't let it happen. Uh, how many people do you have? How many players do you have in the projected rotation for Charlotte? Um. I like mean, essentially, are there are there any deep bench guys or not deep bench guys, bench guys that that make a decent amount of sense today? So you do have four guys, five if you include Plumlee, that are 4K or below. Um, so from like a dart throw standpoint, I think you can go to these guys. Um, you do have, you know, a, a true center in Atlanta as well. So I think it it's less likely that Charlotte closes with PJ Washington at the five. They still could, but I think there's a better chance that you get a little bit more run from Plumlee and Harrell combined. Uh, so both of them being cheap, you know, I think in tournaments, it makes some sense. Cody Martin at 3,700, Ubre at 3,900. I don't anticipate either of them playing a ton of minutes, but you know, if Ubre gets hot, maybe he steals minutes from some, from somebody, um, probably PJ Washington in that case. Uh, they're cheap enough where I don't mind getting to them, but it's kind of rotating through them more so than picking one and saying like, this is the guy. I, yeah. Right. But I think like $3,500 Montrez Harrell is, has got to be the best value on this team. Right. I mean, well, the thing too, is that Mason Plumlee's price is really cheap now too. Could, do you think you can make an argument and we haven't talked about the second game yet. It's still a preliminary look here, but do you think you can make an argument that on a two gamer, you could play both Harrell and Plumlee together? Yeah. I mean, it's still not like my preferred thing to do but they are cheap enough that you know on a two gamer i don't hate it um you do have other good center options which is a little bit of a problem um like yesterday you know you didn't have that many good centers today you have capella you have joval you have uh Pirtle. so the opportunity cost is, is relatively high for a two game slate but um yeah they're they're cheap enough where i don't i don't hate it but it still wouldn't be like if i'm playing one lineup it wouldn't be what i really want to do um but in, in like 150 max i'm probably not going to set a rule against it 
Okay. Man, how about that Towns foul trouble yesterday? That is something else. And then people that might have played Nas Reed hoping for that, still he gets 21 and a half minutes and still does very little. It was an odd game. Very odd game. Vanderbilt did get 27 too, but yeah. 24 minutes from Towns. Oof. Yeah, just massive foul trouble. Massive foul trouble. I mean, 24 minutes in a huge game like that is not what you're looking for, but they got the dub. Anyway, uh, among the top tier guys today, just to, to look at this, zoom out a bit, you have Murray, you have Trey Young, you have LaMelo. I, I guess I could throw McCollum into the mix, but I, really LaMelo, Trey Young, and, and DeJounte Murray is – is LaMelo your number three among those guys? Yes. Um, he is cheaper, it, too, noticeably cheaper. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can throw McCollum in there, too, at That's right, yeah. 9K. Um, but, yeah, like, it doesn't even really have to do with LaMelo. I think he looks good. It's just that, you know, the, the, it, it kind of reminds me of yesterday when you had, what, Towns, George, Garland, all those guys were like Kyrie. They, they all look good. Um, but I do think that LaMelo is a little bit behind the other guys. Okay. What else do you want to talk about from Charlotte here? Um, I mean, not not a lot. Like, I, I really think that everybody in the rotation is at least playable um, because they are so cheap. But it's kind of, you know, we, we talked about Plumlee and Harrell. I think that, you know, it's not ideal to play them together, but you can because they're so cheap. I think I'd be a little bit more strict on, like, not wanting – Martin and Ubre together. It's just hard to imagine like what the rotation looks like where both of those guys play a lot of minutes. I think it's more likely that one gets, you know, into the twenties and one is, is around like 17 or 18. Um, Jalen McDaniels in there as well. So I think I'd be more strict with not wanting like Martin Ubre McDaniels together than I would with Plumlee Harrell. Uh, also, you know, Plumlee and Harrell just better point per minute guys than Martin and McDaniels, for example. For sure. Yeah. Give me the guys at the five. I'd be much happier with that. Uh, by the way, free tools today. Ownership rankings for NBA, totally free. MLB player rankings, PGA top golfers tool, great tool, free today. You got PGA live before lock at 8 o'clock too, but PGA top golfers tool and NHL player rankings, all of them are free. I didn't even – is the NHL regular season still happening? Apparently, right? Uh, There was hockey on last night. I have no idea if it was the playoffs or not. I got an alert that the Flyers were playing, and there's – so it's got to be. But anyway. Player rankings free. We got we got free stuff for basketball, baseball, golf, and NHL. And today's the last day to get in on the Express Pass for MLB. Uh, you get the player rankings, you get the lineup builder, you get the ownership rankings, you get the premium Discord uh, and the expert chat talking to the pros at Osmo to help you better your game in the Office Hours channel. All that stuff for one single dollar for the entire week. If you just use the promo code fastball uh, or use the link in the description or the one that Jordan will throw in the chat, it's way easier. Just do that instead of actually typing in the code. But uh, last day, $1. That's it. One single dollar gets you uh, everything included in the MLB Express Pass for the week. All right. Let's talk about the. Uh, I, I forgot uh, about the COVID pause in hockey. <laughs> oh, that must have been it because, you, yeah. Th- okay. That's why I was a little bit. How long was the COVID pause? I don't remember, but people said there's like nine games left. I stopped paying attention to hockey once the Flyers lost like 80 straight. So I, I stopped paying attention to hockey once the like the COVID breakout started because I couldn't play DFS anymore because I didn't know enough about hockey to deal with late scratches. When did they return? I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. But yeah, okay. So normally the first week of they said normally the first week of April is the end of the season. That's what I thought because uh, I thought it normally wrapped up around the same time as NBA. Yeah, I always thought it wrapped up a little bit before it. Yeah, but. Yeah, or at least, uh, yeah, right around the same time. That's why I was surprised to see that. But with Atlanta, uh, DeAndre Hunter's another one of those value options that's going to get a lot of ownership. Some of these guys just aren't exciting on most nights, but uh, you're, you're going to have to grin and bear it with a few of them. Bogdan Bogdanovich is, is, is 5700 now. Uh, Trey Young, I think a reasonable price. But even if you look at Atlanta, it's not just Charlotte. There are definitely some price points on this Atlanta team that have, uh, I won't say bottomed out, but they've definitely come down a little bit. Um, you know, not so much. Bogdanovich's price has been super strange. Like, I, I'm not really sure how he was $5,100 le- uh, in the last game of the regular season and 53 before that. The guy just continues to, to produce. But 
uh, yeah, there's some decent prices on this Atlanta team. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Like Trey Young clearly stands out at 10-6. Good matchup for him, likely to give you 40-ish minutes. Um, you know, one and a half fantasy points per minute this year without John Collins. Everything looks really good there. I'm with you on Maganovich. I mean, he is most likely going to come off the bench, but he also is most likely going to close. You can expect him to play low 30s, and he's about a fantasy point per minute guy. So um, I think 5,700 just stands out as as a as a mispricing and then also um on DraftKings, he's shooting guard and small forward eligible so that's nice we do have him getting 43 percent ownership but I, I think that's deserved capella is in a very good spot you're you're likely to see him get around 30 minutes um he's kind of expensive at 6900 i do think that makes it somewhat difficult like when you think about the center position and, and kind of what we've talked about so far you have the two cheap options on charlotte with Plumley and harrell um but then you also have you know two good center options in the next game so it might be kind of difficult to, to prioritize Capella. Uh, we do only have him projected for 20% ownership, though. So that's a pretty high upside guy uh, that you can get to at not much ownership. Similarly, um, you can play Okongwu, who I wouldn't play in the same lineup as Capella because of Capella's price tag. But in non-Capella lineups, you can certainly uh, use Okongwu at like 17% ownership as well. Do you think it's possible that the Capella's minutes come up considerably in Okongwu? Is the obvious, you know, loser in that scenario? What Possible we... for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to say. Like with these center rotations, a guy like Capella, it's very difficult to say. So um... Yeah, like it shouldn't shock anybody if you get like a 34-14 split in Capella's favor or something like that. Right. Um, but I also don't feel super confident that it goes that way. Like I, I think expecting around like 30 minutes on average from Capella makes sense, but there is certainly the chance that he just plays more. What about when you when you get down to a, a few other guys th that we haven't really gotten into? Like Delon Wright getting, you know, backup minutes. Uh, you talked about a Kongwu. And then uh, you, you may have touched on these a little bit, but just to dig in a little bit more since we only have two games today. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter. These are all the types, man, from Hunter to Gallinari to Herter. You never know which one of them is going to be viable until the game is over. And they're also similarly priced. Uh, from night to night. So is that kind of just like just spray or, or just, you know, pick them out of a hat basically when it comes to those, you know, low 5k, 4k guys. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think paying attention to ownership, you know, like there's probably shouldn't really be much of a difference in ownership between Herder and Gallinari, for example, uh, right now we have Herder actually projected to go a little bit under owned um, on DraftKings, 34% owned with a 38% chance of being optimal. Whereas Gallo is at 40% ownership with a 36% chance of being optimal, but really just pay attention to the ownership there. Um, they're both, I think going to be pretty useful pieces just in terms of like last guy in rounding out a lineup type thing. But I think it's also difficult to prioritize them. Um, you can throw DeAndre Hunter in there as well at 4,300. And then you mentioned, right. Um, I do think Lou Williams being out is kind of a big deal because it does mean that Wright should play more minutes. The issue is just that Trey young is going to play so many minutes or you would expect Trey young to play so many minutes that most of Wright's minutes, even assuming he gets increased run, will be alongside young which means he's not really doing anything and he is still pulling like 17 percent ownership right now all right favorite plays from this game if you had to give me your top three based on ownership and salary right now um young bogdanovich bridges okay no house advantage baby if you haven't checked it out yet well, I can tell you exactly what it is, so you know why you should check it out. It gives you an entirely different way to enjoy DFS with player prop contests. It's 100% peer-to-peer, helps you level the playing field. They got 500-plus props offered over there, and every single new user, no matter who you are, gets a $25 deposit bonus with the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. You got mass entry capability, big prize pools, and here's the big thing. Over at awesomeo.com, you have the No House Advantage projections. They're free every day of the week. You have the optimal lineup tool. That's also free to help you get an edge over at No House Advantage. And all of the props are static. They do not change throughout the day. So you can take real advantage of something like that if you're paying close attention. Compare what they have against our tools. You can use Odd Shopper for that, where we have the projections and the expected win rate all they're already up there. All you have to do is build lineups. You're building lineups uh, with no salary, and you're taking the over or the under, no juice on either side of that. 
uh, and the ones you're most confident in put at the top of the lineup, ones you're least confident in go at the bottom. So it's the same thing as anywhere else, except in this case, it's with props. You can use all the research you did for DFS and parlay it uh, into this over at No House Advantage. Use the free tools. Use the promo code AWESOMO to get $25 when you sign up. Download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, or go to NoHouseAdvantage.com. All right. Let's flip it over to the San Antonio Spurs. So DeJounte Murray, absolute stud. Guy's going to play considerable minutes today. Already was to close out the season. I mean, this team kind of came out of nowhere when you think about it to get into the playing games. You're muted. Yeah, and we got really encouraging minutes from Murray in that last game, which didn't matter at all. But he had the illness. We didn't really know what he was going to look like conditioning-wise. Comes back, plays like 32 minutes in a game where he was supposed to be limited. Yeah. Um, really encouraging sign going into the postseason. And like you were saying, just absolutely phenomenal, you know, fantasy producer, real-life player, all of the above. Um, averaging around the fantasy point and a half per minute without Derek White on the floor this year. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing negative at all to say about DeJounte Murray here. Um probably sees a decent amount of Herbert Jones, but, you know, kind of like we talked about yesterday with, with Paul George, would I rather Murray not be defended by Herbert Jones? Of course, but I'm also not going to go crazy, like docking points from DeJounte Murray in an overall good matchup. And yeah, tank the shy guy. He said, Seth is officially dead to me. What a dreadful performance from Seth Curry. Did you see his final line last night? Yeah, I loved it. It, really helped me out. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I would imagine, yeah, if you if you don't have Seth Curry. But if you do have Seth Curry, what was he? Zero points and a rebound, and he's like 0 for 4 across 34 minutes or something insane? Yeah, it, it was something like that. I, I don't know how much I had in large field, but I know uh, in, like, the 1K on DraftKings, he was 70% owned, and I didn't have him, so that was really useful. It was bad. But, yeah, yeah, Patty Mills did beat Seth Curry. You're absolutely – Patty Mills was in the winning lineup on DraftKings. The 100K winning lineup, Patty Mills was in it. Not Rondo, by the way. All right. But, again, still still wrong on Rondo. I'm not going to pretend that that makes a huge difference here. Uh, anyway, I'm with you on Murray. I, I, I think this is something you and I have talked about all the time. I just love players that even though, even if they have an off-shooting night, they can still give you 11 boards and 13 assists. You know, that that's that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, just... And he averages two steals per game on the year. Right. Yeah. He, he does everything well. And it makes it so difficult. Like I'm sure I'm speaking it into existence now, but it makes it so difficult for him to truly have a bad game um, when he's going to be getting stats somewhere for, for the entire time he's on the floor. I agree. The rest of San Antonio, let's see what their pricing looks like because Murray was out for a considerable period of time. Has DraftKings appropriately brought some of these salaries back down? Not really. A little bit, but not, yeah, not, not entirely. I mean, Kelvin Johnson's 7K, Vassell's 6K still. Some of these guys are up there. Jakob Pertle, 6,600, 25% ownership. That interests me. Yeah, that, that kind of seems low to me, but I guess, you know, it is. That's a, what I'm saying. The ownership seems low at that price, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty solid center position, but um, 6,600, I mean, I expect that you're getting 32 minutes or so from Pirtle, if not more. Um, he's over a fantasy point per minute guy. So I do really like that price tag. I think him and Murray are the two that that stand out the most from San Antonio for sure. Um, and then beyond that, it's just kind of another team where you're just like throwing darts at a lot of guys. You know, if this were a bigger slate, I'd be pretty comfortable ignoring the rest of San Antonio, but with it being a two-game slate, you're obviously going to be playing them. Keldon Johnson's probably playing upper thirties in minutes. Um, he's around a 0.9 fantasy point per minute guy at seven K not the best price tag, but um, somebody you can use, you know, especially I, I assume he's going to get less ownership than like uh, bridges. For example, um, right now we have bridges at 48%. We have Johnson at 32%. So that's a spot where, you know, he's still not low owned, but he's lower owned if you needed uh, to save a little bit of ownership in any, in any given lineup, the Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker, Josh Richardson pieces, they all have upside if they get hot and if the game breaks right. But um, I'd be pretty careful playing them together because when you think about the closing lineup here, you're going to have Murray, you're going to have Pirtle, you're most likely going to have Johnson, and then you're probably just getting two of Vassell, Walker, Richardson, Primo. Um, 
in the closing lineup. So I think that's a spot where uh, you you probably want to be using groups. I guess the 25% isn't that low on, on Pirtle since Capella is 6,920%. So let's see. I guess it seems about right. I, I, I don't know. Pirtle, Pirtle can produce, though, you know, north of a fantasy point per minute guy. I, I think it's fair to say he gets at least 30 minutes today if he's out of foul trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah, and also – um, like if he is in foul trouble, you're getting more minutes from Zach Collins. So right. that's another situation where like at 4,400 on average, I don't think Collins looks very good, but he is a really good point per minute guy. And, you know, potentially like there, there is upside if something happens to Pirtle. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else from San Antonio? No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you can't do the Trey Jones thing. Like he's, nope. he's still 5,300. Josh Richardson's priced up a lot too. Yeah, the yeah, I had mentioned it. Like the wings with Vassell, uh, Walker, Richardson, Primo. Uh, Primo is only thirty four hundred on DraftKings. I think that Vassell is likely to lead the way in playing time from that group. But I also think a lot of it's just going to be based on who's playing well, and um, so that's why I think that setting a group to basically uh, cap those those four guys at a max of two makes sense to me. How many minutes? I know you haven't done rotation, but how many minutes would you would you be giving somebody like, or would you be giving uh, Primo right now? Low twenties. Okay, but like that could very much go down. Also, like it wouldn't be shocking if like Lonnie Walker and Josh Richardson just play more, and Primo doesn't really play. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a point six six fantasy point per minute guy on the season. So, yeah. Cur- Not- curious to see what we haven't projected for actually. Uh, minutes wise yeah 24 24 what do we have Lonnie at 21 and a half okay it always like surprised that... it's a very much surprises me that you would <sighs> we have Richardson at 13 too I, I'd be surprised if Primo's ahead of both of those guys Lonnie Walker's a tough one from very tough because the guy can just begin to light it up and if he does in a game, in a play-in game like this, remember this is a single elimination game, unlike yesterday. So, I, I don't know if Lonnie Walker plays well. Does he start just? Does do they just? Do we just leave him out there at eleven percent ownership? That's pretty cheap. So I know I've said this yeah. about him before, but he is kind of one of those guys that can get hot from the field, and, and that helps on a two-game slate. Yeah, I think the most minutes variance, minutes volatility on San Antonio comes with the Walker, Richardson, Primo pieces because Agreed. like Primo was getting good minutes down the stretch. Um, it wouldn't be surprising if he gets into the mid 20s, but also it wouldn't be surprising either if they were like, uh, you know, especially, for example, they're trailing. If they're like, all right, we want Lonnie Walker out there to hopefully provide some offense or if they're like, we trust Josh Richardson over Josh Primo, um, given you know all the experience that Richardson has. Uh, so... I do think there's just a ton of volatility there, both in terms of um, if one of them plays exceptionally well, it's easy for them to pick up more minutes, but also in terms of you're kind of just guessing what Pop is thinking, which is never a fun place to be or, yep. or a place that you should be with much confidence, I should say. For sure. I agree, though. Those wings are definitely the ones that are most in, in, in flux here, which can give you an edge if you get it right. You, you got to get it right. But yeah. I think Lonnie's the one guy just from an overall, like, Per minute, he's not bad on a permanent basis. Uh, he, he has the ability to get hot, and they'll just let him shoot. Like, let, let's not forget, there was a time, too, Adam, before it was like mid-March, early March, where he was playing a lot of minutes, and he was shooting at a high at a high clip. Like, is, it, is that indicative of anything? No, but it's not like he hasn't been doing it or hasn't done it before in the regular season and after the trade deadline, so... Yeah, and he's just kind of like if they're losing, he's probably their best chance at just like somebody getting hot off the bench and bringing them back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in the minutes there. That doesn't mean not to play those guys. It just means pay attention to the ownership and um, yeah, really just you know pay attention to the ownership because I don't think that like you you could very easily see kind of the industry come to a consensus on what the wing rotation for the Spurs is going to look like, but the reality is that none of us really know like 
it's th- there's a lot of ways that, that pop could go here. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the uh, Pels? Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, hit that thumbs up too. 20 away from uh, from 100. You know, it's a morning show on a Wednesday for two games, but we appreciate you guys being with us. We got close to 400 watching, so I'm all about it. Also, check out our premium uh, uh, premium bets Discord. Jordan, do we have a graphic for that or a link or whatever? That'd be great. If you haven't checked it out yet, premium betting pick subscription. Uh, it's a good time to do so. If you click the link, you can subscribe to our betting picks Discord channel. Uh, as Alex Baker, awesome himself, you got Ben Rasa, Steve Buzzard, the Colts. Uh, they use the Awesomeos industry-leading projection models to identify the best bets available in basketball, baseball, and a lot more. Uh, and we're confident in these bets that they will be worth more than the price of admission. So click that link if you want to get in on this. I know betting's opening up in a lot of the, uh, of other states lately, uh, and you've got some fun stuff coming down the pike. So if you want a free preview of our best bets too, follow Awesomeo Bets on Twitter. Uh, and turn on notifications. We'll be posting at one free premium bet every day of the week. So check out the Best Bets Discord in the link, in the description, in the chat, wherever you want to find it. All right, let's talk about the Pels here. Well, CJ McCollum is one of the highest priced guys in this slate, rightfully so. He's been a stud. Brandon Ingram is probable, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. How about CJ McCollum played six minutes last game? Yeah, was that like a contract incentive or something? I don't... It, six it, minutes is still weird. It was very weird because uh, Jonas Valanciunas played five and a half minutes in that same game. So McCollum was like, yeah, I'm going to... He had tweet, he had tweeted and then deleted something that said he was going to play, but it, he was expected not to play a lot, and then he deleted Jonas it. Jonas didn't play at all. What? Jonas didn't play at all unless... Oh, that was six minutes the game. I'm sorry, six minutes the prior game he oh, played... Okay. But he was also in insane foul trouble. Yeah, my fault. Oh, yeah, that was the game where, yeah, he almost fouled out in six minutes. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. That, that was incredible. I, I, I got him mixed up. But, yeah, he, had, he played six minutes and, and had five fouls. And that's that happens sometimes. I've had some overprops crushed on Jonas when he's dominant when he's on the floor. He just can't stay on the floor. But, you know, doesn't happen all the time. That's actually where I want to start with you, though. It, this is a really good matchup for opposing bigs. We've seen him crush San Antonio all season long. Is Valanciunas one of these guys for you that's just going to be impossible to get to? Or can we say, okay, 15%, the guy does have a nice ceiling. He's a talented scorer, an elite rebounder, uh, and can rack up some, some stocks along the way at times, too. Where do, you, where do you fall on him right now at that ownership and price? I like him in tournaments at that ownership for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one, it's a really high upside guy to be getting at 15% on a two-game slate. Like, it's fully in his range of outcomes that he just goes and gets, like, 50 DraftKings points at, you know, 15% owned, and, and you need him on a two-gamer. But also, looking at the ownership within New Orleans, 48% going to Brandon Ingram yeah. at $300 less expensive. I agree Ingram should be more popular. He has better, you know, positional eligibility and all of that. But in the games where Joval has like a massive game, I'm not saying that they both can't have good games or that you shouldn't play them together, but there is, I think, a relatively high percentage of the time when Joval does succeed that it cuts into Ingram and that Ingram doesn't have, you know, the best game. So even though they play different positions and they both are going to play a ton of minutes alongside each other, uh, there is still some negative correlation there to where it kind of works as a leverage play. You know, not only are you getting a low on Joval, but in his best games, there's a decent chance that Ingram isn't doing quite as much as people are expecting. Yeah, and to add on to that, just look at this whole range of players. Below Murray and Trey Young, you've got guys from the 8,300 range to the 97. And I'll just throw that in there because you're not going to be able to play, you know, four of these guys from Ingram up to Murray. But when you look at LaMelo, McCollum, Valanchunas, and Ingram, it's it's very much plausible that, you know, uh, on any given day, Valanchunas could, could have the best game of all of them. And like you said, if he does, what does that do to, to Ingram? Uh, and, and yeah, it's just, a, it's a weird spot. I'm not saying Valanchunas should be your cash game play, but no. at, at 15%, when you look at the guys that are closely priced to him, or at least in, in a similar range, it's, it's not unrealistic to think that Joe Val could have the best game of all of them against the Spurs front court. Also, keep in mind that earlier in the season, you were routinely getting like 37, 38 minute games from Joe Val. So 
not that you're going to project that for really any center outside of like Carl Anthony Towns. And even obviously that comes with risk, but like, it, it's possible, you know, they didn't have Larry Nance then. Um, but just, you know, at, at least, you know, physically, like we know he can do it. And so uh, there is some extra minutes upside there for him too. Oh, wow. Someone said CJ tweeted that he was only going to play one series and not to bet on him. Yeah. I saw that. That's awesome. Like I, I didn't play that day, so I didn't even know that. That's good stuff. That happened, but yeah. But I wonder, are there, I mean, he deleted it. Are there, is there anything in, in a, in a contract or, or anything that would, that would prevent you from doing that? Because from a sports betting standpoint, because when you say don't bet on me, no bet on you, just hammer the under on everything. Yeah. I don't know like what the insider trading rules are for athletes. Right. But it's not even like insider trading. He's just telling everybody not, you know what I mean? Right. He's right. Not, yeah, not, right. He wasn't concealing anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he wasn't betting on, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't benefiting from anything. He was, it's Robin hood at type shit. Right. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Like he deleted it. So I'm not, maybe it's unethical. But when, right, that, when that, you that's hear, what I'm saying. Like, I don't really know what they're right. supposed to say about gambling. But when you hear something like that, doesn't it kind of like the first thing that came to my mind was that's great, but it seems like you probably shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it just it, it it's like, wow, that's really cool. And then it's like you probably have some like old dude in the Pell's front office being like, get that shit down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially with like sports book sponsorships coming out ever. Certain books are quicker to pull things. But I guarantee some of them hung a stale line on CJ because at that point you just you don't you don't repost the line you pull it right. and you don't put it back up. So yeah, would have been hilarious if he came out and played forty minutes. Yeah, um, I, I didn't um, I didn't look and I, I don't know. Did they have lines for Drew Holiday the other day when it was very obvious that he was going to start the game, foul somebody, and leave? Um. Because he needed it for an incentive, right? Yeah, he got he got like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for. Playing. No, I I don't I don't think they had they didn't have lines for like any anyone for Milwaukee. I don't believe because it, Giannis I mean, it was and Middle, was happen. Giannis and Middleton didn't play, right? Right, and then Drew played, but like they reported before the game, he was playing to hit his contract incentive for sure. Even if they didn't do that, they probably still wouldn't have put a line out there just because if Drew's playing and Middleton and Giannis aren't playing and your starters aren't playing it, you know, but anyway, right. Brandon Ingham, you mentioned that salary or that, that ownership that is really, really high. I mean, he's right now we have second highest projected player on the entire slate. Yeah. And that then seems kind of, oh, good. I was just going to say, and then you have McCollum at 31, you have Joe Val, you know, the big three here at 15. How do you sort through something like that where you have Ingram considerably higher than McCollum, who's considerably higher than Jonas Valanciunas on the same team? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because like I do think that Ingram's a very good play, but that like that's a lot of ownership when there are other options. Like even he has really useful, you know, positional eligibility, having shooting guard and small forward. But for a two-game slate, there's actually decent, you know, there's some decent small forward options too. You have Bridges, who's $1,200 less. You have Bogdanovich. You can go to some Herder, some Hunter. Herbert Jones is getting a ton of ownership from this team as well. So it is kind of interesting to me that Ingram is getting that much ownership when, yeah, he is a good play. And yes, I expect him to play a lot of minutes and I think he's underpriced, but it's not like he's clearly the number one option here. Like CJ McCollum is going to have the ball in his hands a ton and it, shouldn't be surprising at all if McCollum is the one that just goes off and has a monster game. So I like Ingram, but I do think the ownership is, is a little high on him. Do you think the ownership makes sense on McCollum? Yeah, I think it's a little low. Um, like I get to be $700 more expensive, but there are enough cheap options on this slate that um, I think you can find that $700 relatively easily. Um, it, it's just a situation where like, I think that Ingram and McCollum, from a fantasy standpoint are very similar, but I don't think that one should be like massively higher on than the other one. Hey, you playing this uh, MLB slate, the 1220 lock? Yeah. Okay. We got live before lock for that too. 11 o'clock. Jordan, are we going 11 up to 1220? I'm assuming we are. Yeah. Cause Adam and I aren't going till 11 here. So I don't know if we were supposed to go up, against it i don't see you know I, 
But uh, yeah, 11 to 12, 20, you got Eric Lindquist, uh, Chris Pinnell. Those guys are taking you up. Should be a fun show. Oh, Tyler's producing that one anyway. Okay, so we're straight. But yeah, check it out. 12.20 Eastern time lock for MLB as well. 12.20, you've got six games on the slate. This will be fun. Everything starts. I love these type of slates, Adam, where everything starts between, like within an hour from each other. First game starts at 12.20. Last game starts at 1.10. Get it out of the way. Yeah, th- those slates are fun because you, one, you don't have to sit around waiting for lineups. Like late swapping in baseball is such a pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, they, they're smart that they're not doing the, the 12 o'clock starts and the four o'clocks in the same slate anymore where you won't have lineups for the four o'clock. So then you have to stick around because baseball is nice where generally speaking, you don't have to be nearly as vigilant about sticking around after your set lineups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did last year. We got a weird number of late scratches um, and we've already had a few this year, but in general, how much yeah. was COVID related though? Yeah. I think it was a decent amount of COVID last year. Um, I mean, this year you've already gotten trout scratched with a stomach illness you got crew scratched yesterday, but uh, in general, yeah, you don't have to stick around. So it is nice when you get all of the lineups before lock. When was Trout scratched? Uh, two days ago. That's weird because he was out with an illness in, 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 in spring, spring training. training. Yeah. 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 And then, but then he played opening day. Yeah. Yeah. And then he sat the next game. Huh. That's interesting. Anyway, check it out. Uh, not only that, we got a ton of stuff today. The no House Advantage Strategy Show. They're the sponsor of this show. We got the strategy show at 1 o'clock with Greg Ehrenberg and Terry McBride. MLB Live Before Lock, second one of the day. 4 o'clock with Aton Shander and Neil Orfield. Then the MLB or NBA Deeper Dive, you got Adam with Alex Baker. And then to close it out, that's not true, actually. NBA Live Before Lock with Eric and Greg. Then PGA Live Before Lock with Ben and Jason Ruslip. Jordan, how many of those are you doing today? Or you get some, you get some time off. Okay, nice. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Some heavy hitters coming up today. So be sure to hang with us. And uh, thanks for getting us over 100 likes, by the way. Appreciate you guys. Over 400 people watching. It's probably a good time to wrap it up with the rest of this Pels team. Are you going to play USFL, Adam? I don't know. Probably not. I'm going to. I'm not. Just, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably just won't feel like putting in the work. I can't, I can't understand that. It is funny how, like, people will get overexcited about something. Like, over, overexcited about. Like, people were so stoked for Korean baseball uh, during COVID. I mean, that I, was different just because it no, was something. No, it's do. not. I mean, I was, I was staying up. 5 a.m.? No. I was staying up till 5 a.m. every night to lose like 40 grand or something. <laughs> not, it's not different. Actually, my, my, my I, I get what thing, you're saying. There was nothing else going. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, I would just stay up. Uh, League of legends would lock at like two or four or whatever it was. And then KBO at five. And then I would watch Netflix and go to bed. That's cr- What were you sleeping till like three, at 3 yeah, PM. Yeah, yeah. That's untenable, man. You can't um, do can't do that but i'm actually looking forward to it. they have 100k up top dude yeah the, the, the thing time. for me the thing that i always enjoy is like these niche sports come out and people are always just like oh there's there's a massive edge because nobody knows what they're doing and they not true they ignore the part that they also don't know what the hell they're doing exactly but they, but that but that's what happens is you you assume that you know more than everyone else right 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 which but, like well, it's it's mostly me being lazy but i like to instead say that i'm just very aware that i don't know more than everyone else and sure. that's why i'm not gonna play i but here's here's where i i disagree i think once you begin to see a few weeks you can get an edge if you're paying attention to like with xfl i went before they cut it before they i think i i bet it at like 80 percent. now obviously some of that's variant some of that's just going to be luck but the the you see such overreactions to certain lines from week to week, right? And certain totals. Uh, it, once you get a few weeks into a season, you can start to you can start to glean a little bit more on that. But like, yeah, week one, what do you really, really know about these guys, or how the coaches are going to run a team, and what the snap counts are going to look like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're, I think it's fair to say, like if you're a good DFS player, you have an edge, but it's not because like you have some excellent knowledge of the usfl it's because like you're just good at the game and you can adjust right and we have some good dfs players i think we're gonna i think we're gonna do some shows for it and 
Are we doing projections the, and stuff? Do you know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I know when it comes to like when it comes to the guys that that do this stuff, if they're going to do a new sport, I'm confident that I would be much better off watching them than I would trying to figure it out on my own for the first week. Yeah. You know, so yeah, good stuff. The problem with sports like that is it takes digging, and I hate digging in tw on twitter like that's why i hate preseason stuff yep. man yeah you you and i are the same there um yeah certain I, people are I, very I, good at that though like certain people that are willing to dig are very good at it. i just hate like i'd much rather look at the numbers and, and 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 everything and the stats than look at like what a coach said and try to read between the lines yeah it's boring as hell to me like right i i hate sports where that's where the edge is give me a sport where there's an edge in like you know using ownership well or or whatever like something that i can like plug into a spreadsheet and make good lineups i really don't want to go through twitter like trying to find coach speak and all that it's tough but like i said people that are willing to do it and actually oh, yeah. put in that grueling work right they you know it can definitely it can definitely plus you're trying with coach speak it could all be bullshit anyway. And that's the problem. Like you do right. all this work and it's like, oh, he said he was going to get additional run today, additional carries out of the backfield and he doesn't see the field. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, somebody in chat said that they think they saw that uh, Matt was doing projections. So if he is, that would be cool. That'd be sick. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's great with that stuff, man. So uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that would be my, if somebody's doing them, that would be my guess. Yeah. And, and like, if he's going to do them, I'll, I'll take Matt's research and everything over me trying to figure out who the oh, start, yeah. like who's, you know, getting the bulk of snaps and stuff, but I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. When does yeah, it I mean, start? If I, if I end up playing, it means that we put out a bunch of stuff and I used it. Like, exactly. I, I can say with a lot of confidence that I am definitely not spending the next couple of days digging into USFL. Correct. When does it kick off? Saturday. Ooh, I loved the XFL, bro. I loved it, but the maybe XFL, that's so that, that was the one like a long time ago, right? With like no, hit. the XFL was was two years ago before oh, okay. COVID. Well, okay. So what was the one like when we were kids? The one that Trump owned? I thought like McMahon owned it. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought the XFL maybe they co-owned it. Yeah, no, the XFL was the one that, that is that is recent. Okay, so what was the one with like he hate me? With what? Rod Smart. uh also the xfl okay so oh yeah the xfl was was the, yeah the, this that was the return of okay. the xfl yeah, yeah so the, the, yeah they had their inaugural season was in 2001 and then it stopped right and then the xfl could be returning again we'll see anyway what else do you want to do with the pelicans oh yeah there's basketball um yeah we'll wrap it up yeah, I mean, Herbert Jones getting ownership, I get it. It makes sense. He's probably going to play a lot of minutes. He's 4,500. You know what you're getting there. Like, you're not getting a high usage guy. You hope that you're getting, you know, some defensive stats. Um, easy for guys like that to kind of disappear from a DFS standpoint in the postseason because you're getting, you know, even more minutes from guys like McCollum and Ingram. They're going to have the ball in their hands a lot. They're not going to be giving it to Herbert Jones unless they have to. So um, he, he's cheap enough where I think he's, he's a decent option. Larry Nance at 3,600 I think is kind of interesting just – you know, the kind of guy that can pick up minutes in a variety of ways. Uh, you know, if Joe Val gets in foul trouble, maybe you get some more Nance. Uh, if Jones gets in foul trouble, maybe you get some more Nance. Same for Hayes. So um, nothing else that I would prioritize from the Pels, but Jones, I think, is a little bit underpriced, and, and Nance, I think, has a path to success as well. Yo, which was the league, which was the league before the XFL? I'll, I'm sure the uh, chat can just tell me right now. It was USFL. like a year. Which one? Are you talking USFL? It was like a year or two before the XFL. Was that USFL again? That was the one where like Trump tried to buy a team. or, or No, no, no. I'm talking about like a year or two before the reboot. This reboot, the 2020 reboot. Was it oh. USFL? Which was the one where players were just like left at their hotel rooms with no transportation oh. home? They weren't getting paid. Remember that? Yeah, it was like the American Football Alliance yeah. or something. Dude, like, Trent Richardson was in it. Yeah, I don't remember what that was called. The AAF. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The AAF. American Alliance, Alliance of American Football. Football. Yeah. Where they just, they, they just 
stop paying them. It was crazy. And, and legit dudes weren't even getting airfare, help, nothing. And you're, they're already not getting paid shit. But that was that was a crazy one where it was basically just like, we don't have any money, time to go. And right. it just disappeared. Trent Richardson, all-time AAF touchdown leader, I think, because they played like three games. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was something else. Anyway, anything else here before we go? We got a lot coming up tonight anyway, but uh, any final thoughts on this slate or anything in life in general, Adam, before we uh, head out? No, I think that, that covers it. Dude, Humboldt, real quick. Humboldt just mentioned something. I saw a YouTube video for some reason popped up and recommended, I guess, because they thought it was the same as the other like football and basketball stuff I was watching. Do you remember the lingerie leagues? Yeah, I mean, vaguely. Like, I remember they existed. I don't remember anything. I've never watched a game. I, I've ne like, I knew it existed. Like you said, knew it existed. Never watched a game. Wildly uninteresting to me. Uh, I've always thought that stuff made no sense, especially in this, this era where, you know, it, they're, they're, what's the point, right? It's not like they're hot, but it's not good football. And you get where I'm going with this. Other outlets for other things. Like what's the point of? doing all of that but apparently this was a thing for a while these girls would would like fucking tackle each other you have to see it yeah pull up the pull up the clips or do you remember arena football vaguely and like i vaguely remember nfl europe arena football was the real short field and it had like the padding. Yeah, it didn't the have field. like the the walls, and the guys would like fall over. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's the one that had the, the walls. It was crazy. Anyway, appreciate you guys. We'll be back. A lot of stuff coming up today. This is the strategy show presented by No House Advantage. Peace. Yeah, arena football was nuts. Man.